Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Jeff Vorosky, a senior architect for Insight, on Microsoft announcements and the community calendar, and we explore the topics of Teams Free and Chat GPT. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My co-conspirator today is Jeff Roski, a senior architect for Insight, co-founder of the Boston Office 365 user group. That was a while back, though, wasn't it? Is that still mm-hmm. going on? Do you still have it on there? What are you just limping I, along with that, or is that still happening? I haven't updated my LinkedIn profile in like 10 years. <laughs> and he's also the co-founder of the new janky workshop on YouTube. So not not to be confused with the old janky workshop, workshop which is a completely different thing. Yes. They don't it. build as much. They sit around and complain a lot. But Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Just a bunch of old guys. Yep. Well, welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, this is, um, uh, you know, it's our, our monthly wrap up of events, announcements, general community shenanigans, things like that. Um, we are again without our other co-conspirator, uh, uh, Sean McDonough. What's up with that? It brings me sadness. Ah, uh, yeah, I know it's emotional for all of us. I feel no, your pain. Yeah. I'm going to have to uh, hop on better help after this and, uh, get a little, <laughs> you know, Emotional support. Sean is once again excused. He's uh, uh, a client fire that popped up that he's not able to pull himself away from. So completely understandable. Um, we will still trash talk him out of love because you always yes. hurt the ones that you love. So, yeah, exactly. It's going to really hurt Sean. Um, <laughs> Dang. So uh, we'll talk about briefly event stuff. So we have probably the biggest thing in the SharePoint world is that you've got the Microsoft 365 conference coming up in Las Vegas at the beginning of May, 2023. And this coincides with the the May the 4th event. Um, I don't remember what year that was, 2016, I think? 2016, 2017, I think 2016. But that was where, for those of you that, uh, I wish I had like uh, the, the dramatic music, going back in time to 2016. Hey. Do some editing afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how that's done. Do it in post. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is what was the uh, San Francisco event where there was a group of about, I think about 50 MVPs and other uh, invitees, oppressed people. Um, I was there on the ground in San Francisco for that. Um, remember with hanging out with Himmelstein and, and a few other folks. Um, it was, um, it was a cold morning in San Francisco. No, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that was where the big announcement around, uh, you know, making SharePoint beautiful, the like the, the next new experience around SharePoint and mm-hmm. its path to become like the infrastructure behind other products and all of that. So this was before Teams was launched. And of course, then Teams came out shortly thereafter and um, kind of kind of all that. So it was a it was a major a foundational uh, uh, event. And of course they repeated that. They started playing into the May the 4th, this whole Star Wars theme, uh, around the date for that. So now that event is being folded into the Vegas event as well. So it's, um, it's going to be 
potentially big, I guess. Possibly. Yeah, it's uh, I was talking with uh, Jeff Teeper, who those that don't know Jeff Teeper is the is he the godfather of uh, the father of SharePoint, mm-hmm. godfather of SharePoint um, uh, in Copenhagen in December. I interviewed him for the European SharePoint conference, uh, uh, the ESPC crew, and he talked about how uh, he keeps saying every year, like this has been like the biggest year in in events uh, or uh, the biggest year in these announcements. And he says, and every year it's true when he says it. Mm-hmm. Last year, 450 different changes, updates, improvements to teams alone. And then all the rest. Yeah. And he says that this year, 2023, will be even bigger. And it will be a a huge focus on SharePoint again this year. That's fantastic. I don't know what that means. SharePoint? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) all we can do is speculate. I mean, yeah, it's SharePoint of what, what that actually means. But, like, what could they possibly do to make that even bigger? Right. Yeah. No, it's been, um, you know... Staple, um, I mean, you know, that's been my entire Microsoft career has been SharePoint. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't imagine what uh, giant massive thing they could be doing to SharePoint to really change it. I mean, the biggest recent change, you know, in the recent year has been like, you know, the modernization of it, which has been fantastic for yep. Um, uh, you know, all that functionality we've been looking for in the past and also easing issues with, you know, any upgrades and stuff like that by not allowing as many changes in the front end and streamlining all of that. Um, so the integration of other uh, products in the back end stream being brought over to SharePoint, um, one drive for business, which was always SharePoint, but, you know, closer alignment, the sharing experience, um, a lot of the, you know, the, the menus and just the user experience across applications to align them. Um, you know, of course, again, teams is architected on SharePoint and exchange. Can't, can't forget that the other half of the equation is exchange. Right. Yeah. Um, but SharePoint is just been at the center of the Microsoft story. Right. So I, I'm excited to see what they announce and what's coming next. Even more beautiful? Is Even that more possible? beautiful. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> they're coming out with a, a 21 um, different themes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was a, yeah, the, the, like the, the 40 themes. Oh, was it 40? The yeah, templates? it was the, four, yeah. the 40 teams. Sorry, yeah. not 21, 40. <laughs> yeah, 40. Yeah, that's, uh, those are dark days. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that that is going on. There's also the for for folks that are more on the unified communications side of things and teams. Uh, there is Commsverse or the Comms. Sorry, Comms V Next, which is in Denver the last week of April. So if you go look at Comms v, the letter V Next dot com, you'll find the site. Uh, it's a couple hundred bucks for a ticket for. A uh, couple days event. Uh, it's a it's just a total bargain for what you get. That is Teams and Unified Communications related. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be fantastic. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be in Vegas the following week. Um, Commsverse is in the UK in June. I think mid June. I was there last June. That's at the uh, Mercedes Benz World. I, I'm not a Mercedes guy, 
but I left a huge fan after going and seeing the beautiful vehicles. And of course I gravitate towards, I got they, cause there's like multiple floors and they've uh -huh. got the expo hall, like over on one side and you can walk across the bridge and go look at these beautiful antique Mercedes. It's like the museum. And of course I see the newer ones. I'm like, Oh, that's the one I like. And of course that's the one that's like $250,000 car. Of course, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, didn't look at the price, just looked at what I liked. And that was the one, um, <laughs> But that is a fantastic event. That was my first time participating and highly recommend uh, the US or the UK versions of that Comsvenex or Comsverse. Um, there's, uh, I, I saw someone publish it, but I've not seen it officially from Microsoft, but a build date, which I believe is happening in May. All right. Um, I, I don't know what that looks like. I'm assuming it's gonna be similar to either all online or They'll do a hybrid similar to the, that they did for Ignite. Ignite is happening in October, September, something. It's happening in the fall. Yeah. And again, I'm assuming, well, I know that the partner conference, so Inspire, will happen in July. And again, the question will be whether there will be an in-person component or hybrid or, you know, of course, hybrid if it's in-person um, yeah. or purely online. Don't know. Any yeah. other smaller events? that you're aware of uh not that i can think of um there i haven't really been looking at anything recently to speak of um i've just been you know in project work so i haven't yeah. uh um, you're not getting out really looked, not spreading yourself out no i know i'm staying inside you know keeping the doors locked you know shutter in the windows you know well what i could say is that there uh, if you go to one place to go and look is communitydays.org. This is the replacement for the old SPS events or SharePoint Saturday uh, events. Mm -hmm. um, so Microsoft is uh, has a, a big hand in organizing that, but you can see community events. There's also collabdays.com. Um, I think it's .com, .org. Anyway, collabdays, uh, where you could find some other events. But looking at upcoming events, so there's... Um, Four in a row that there's France, Estonia, two in Norway. And the first one that I see over in the US, so is the Global Power Platform Boot Camp uh, in New York in February. So that's February 24th. There's a Global AI Boot Camp happening in New York in March. Um, Dynamics 365 Finance and Supply Chain S Summit. Uh, and, oh, that's Portugal. Oh, the one next to it, Dynamics Con Virtual happening in mid-March. Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff that's starting to pop up here. And you mm -hmm. see, oh, I see that we are seeing some of the collab days. There's collab days Poland on there in May. Um, so so yeah, the, the, the my point here is that communitydays.org, Microsoft is, should I say the word, finally <laughs> uh, created one calendar space for community-led events around the world. So if you have an event, if you're organizing something that's tiny and regional and your goal is 50 people, it's still valid. You can add it to this to get visibility so that just want to make these events more, you know, findable uh, that, to the community. That is huge. Yeah. Right. We have been looking for that for 15 years. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, SharePoint Saturday 
kind of in in the SharePoint ecosystem kind of was that thing. And I think towards the right. end, they reluctantly started adding events not named SharePoint Saturday. Like we had our, we did our M365 Friday event and it got yep. added. Um, but, um, so I got to close this down. Jeff also had me looking at uh, the Leon Leonardo DiCaprio film, The Basketball Diaries, trying to convince me to go see it. Um, <laughs> and I had the tab open. Now it distracted me. Look what you did. I that's what I'm here. I'm a distraction. <laughs> well, all right. So you know, lots lots going on. I event stuff. That it's great to see stuff starting to to happen again. Um, yeah, I'm a bit. We're we're having a discussion here for where our Collab Days Utah event that we had it scheduled then we lost the venue they gave it the gave away the date and then we're looking at august dates and i think now we're just going to say we're going to push it to back to february of 2024 and uh it's sad when you have to do that but you know for those that have organized events you know um until you have the venue locked down you got nothing yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, or, well, so far too many SharePoint Saturday Bostons, um, sometimes multiple in a year, and it's difficult work, but getting the venue is the key thing. <laughs> I liked, I still I bring that up the way that you guys organized the Boston event was like the original SharePoint Saturday model and SQL Saturday model, where you split up the sponsorship, but we did have one, so, so, so there was no holding account for all funds, all sponsorship funds. If you wanted to sponsor, like you said, okay, I'm going to sponsor the lunch. All right. Well, then you need to buy the pizzas and pay for that and show up. And we, and, and what, and then somebody else paid for bags, somebody else mm -hmm. paid for, uh, you know, some other swag and uh, whatever it, but it was, a uh, everybody paying for something that nobody had to pool the money and take the tax hit for, yep. you know, start a, a, a nonprofit just to be able to uh, collect that and do all the, the back end. There was one SharePoint Saturday Boston where the vendor that sponsored lunch didn't pick up lunch mm -hmm. and we had to last minute. I'm trying to remember what we did. I think we moved up a session forward, had lunch later and went and we pooled money and bought pizzas. Oh God, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> we did that for what, 10 years or whatever. So something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, one, one of the topics, Jeff, I wanted to talk about was the, the teams free or the communities in teams. And I know we're, we're talking about this, like some of the scenarios for this, but Basically, what it is is Microsoft is somebody said, well, Microsoft's just going after, you know, Facebook communities. It's like, yeah, they yeah. they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's other third party tools that allow like the chat capabilities. Look, there are dozens. Uh, and that's probably a low count of chat based tools. Right. It's, but it, like another competitor in that space, too, is like Discord. Um, yeah. I don't know if you ever used Discord before. I but do. Like, um, yeah. You know, it's a, you know, a lot of people have private communities for, um, uh, you know, for their communities um, that you can um, have like a real time chat in or, you know, delayed chat um, yep. that Teams offers. Um, and so it allows them to get into that space, too. So I am I have active in communities on Discord, Telegram, WhatsApp, Facebook. 
somewhat in LinkedIn. Honestly, I don't think the LinkedIn groups has been as successful as the communities elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I've had people that have tried to add me into stuff within Twitter, but again, I just don't use it that way. But there has there's some grouping capability with the rooms type thing within that. And then, yeah, anyway, I mean, WhatsApp is for me is the main one that, and then there's of course Slack is another tool that's out there. Yeah. So the, so what they've done is Microsoft created a trimmed down version of the team's interface that is simplified and it's free. Um, so you can actually set up like I do, you could, I have a, a hotmail account, which is my old Microsoft ID related, uh, uh, you know, uh, email and but it's that personal email you could do it with gmail just whatever non-work account and go set up as a kind of a friends and family free teams version and it gives you the chat space you could create these you know these these ongoing so they can be a one-off or they could be persistent chat like a group that gives you the the text chat capability as well as file sharing as well as the video capability all in one place. And so they're trying to steal away from these other, you know, move people off of these other platforms over to teams. Yeah. The, the, the primary value for if, if you and I are using teams for work related stuff, we're using our work accounts, but I can go up in, you know, click on my profile and I can easily, I'll see my personal profile down below and move in between. And so you can see, like notifications that are happening against that, you know, within the the mobile version of that. Um, but so it's it's in it's in trial right now. There's improvements to be made, but it's you know working today. Again, I have I have it running in my my work client. I can switch over to my free client uh, and do a meet now and invite people in. You can mm -hmm. send family members a QR code. Here's the scenario that I love for this. So I was at the M365 Twin Cities in Minneapolis uh, two Saturdays back. And at the end of my session, I was talking to somebody about um, Teams Free or communities and teams. And I said, you know what we should have done? We should have on the screen with our slides, put the QR code for a chat for this session. That should be in our slides. Yeah. Now, you may not want to publish that so you don't have people that find it off of SlideShare or off of your, your OneDrive or it's published somewhere else and they get in there and harass the people that actually participated in your session. So you might want to hide it from the, the public, but you can share that with each event you go to. Or I like this idea. I was talking with Lori Potmeyer with Microsoft uh, about this and, and she improved upon that idea. She says, what if you did, like if you're giving a talk on productivity tips, which is what Tom Duff and I were doing. Yep. Put the QR code for, if you are if you want to find out, we'll share what we presented today. If you have other tips that you're aware of or want to know about our other stuff, join this chat and mm -hmm. we'll share other stuff and we'll hear your best practices. And, you know, and let's, let's have, uh, keep the conversation ongoing. So then you can reuse that same QR code invite. Yep. And anybody that sees any of the, your productivity tip sessions can then join that ongoing group of people in the community. Cause you could have, you know, 
couple hundred people that are in that chat and sharing things. Right. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. That way, you know, you're building a community basically around that session that you have. And, you know, so you're just, yes, you're building a community. Yeah. In, building a in community. Teams. In, in teams. teams. Yes. Teams, <laughs> communities. Oh, yeah. look at that. <laughs> but I just think that is a fantastic, it's a, I mean, it's a simple use case for that to, to do an event based or presentation based. Maybe you're going to give that same presentation at multiple user groups or, or mm -hmm. events or, or internally to your company, and then you create a space for people to chat. Or if you are a recurring speaker, writer on a topic, like I write about governance, the broad topic of governance all the time, I could create governance chat space and mm -hmm. invite people in. And whenever I present on it or I'm talking about it and send people a link, hey, you might like this conversation that we're having about governance and send them the QR code to join. Yeah, just like um, uh, a lot of things, too, that come up with sessions is, um, you know, you always have your, you know, links to sites, resources, blog posts and stuff that uh, you reference during your talk, um, you know, putting all those into there. Um, and then as you add new stuff, people can, you know, access that and um, all the stuff that comes up during your talk. Instead of like, hey, shoot me an email or hey, message me on Twitter or something like that, and I'll send you the link to this thing yeah. that we talked about during the session, you can post in there and it gets shared with everybody and not just a single person. You know, that scenario is one of the reasons as a use case that I would always share when I talk about Yammer. And people mm -hmm. would be like, yeah, I don't get Yammer and the social stuff, and here's what I ate for lunch, and here's a picture of my cat, and all the tropes <laughs> that we have about social, you know, enterprise social. But a very real scenario is that when you have those social interactions, you are creating, you know, information assets. It's a knowledge base right. of, of information. And I always use the example, again, I'm talking about Yammer here, but I'll come back to the free teams. Um, I, is that, uh, so I, I was with, uh, as you recall, is with Acceler, we got acquired by Metalogics. Um, and we, there was like a company-wide town hall. I was a new employee. And everybody's, there's people on from the offices around the world and people are like asking questions. They're like, email your questions in. And there's people watching live from other countries. And I'm like, what are, what are we doing here? I said, don't we have a Yammer? It's like, yes, there was. And it was, uh, you know, blew the dust off of it as I booted it up and, and got into it as I created then a town hall community and then sent it out to the company. And then instantly people started adding questions and other commentary mm -hmm. and stuff in the town hall. What's interesting, like six months later, we bought another company. I'm trying to remember which one was it. We they while I was there, they bought Idera and they bought there's another competing company in that space. Um Dust off uh, my brain here. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so they so they went through two acquisitions. And what was great is I came in late for the town hall during that six months later, that, that next acquisition. And I sit down and I had the same thoughts. Like, I'm going to go and see, it, you know, I'm going to send out the link to the same town hall. And I open up Yammer and there's already people having conversations so that when they were going and answer, they're asking some of the same questions that were asked six months earlier, they, they could search, find that conversation, and then just add to it with the latest updates to mm -hmm. that same question it was yeah. all in one place yeah it's a similar concept creating yeah. these knowledge assets this knowledge base in these chat communities mm -hmm. and teams so you can yep. keep it persistent around those topics yeah
It's just like going from um, a mailing list group um, to a, you know, just a normal web forum. You know, that information's instantly searchable. You don't have to look through your email and find something that's been boarded 700,000 times or applied to, you know. It's right. easier to get to that information. It, it creates a central repository of it that everybody can get to. Right. No, I love that idea. So I, I it'll be, I'm interested to see what else they add because it is a, as I said, it's a streamlined user interface. You go in there, you have your activity thread. So mm -hmm. the kind of the feed of what's been happening, you have the chats and then you have the calendar. So you can go and schedule, like maybe we need to schedule in that location so that, Sean also has that as a second calendar <laughs> reminder. Yeah, um, so he doesn't forget about the about the podcast. Well, see, that's the thing, Jeff. It what hurts is that he didn't forget. He got the reminders. He ignored the reminders. So we got. I I don't know what his priorities are: customers versus doing doing a podcast. I, that, I think I just literally dozens of people will listen to. I, I just heard the terminology the other day uh, from somebody that's been in, uh, you know, sales for a long time. Um, uh, we got porched. We got porched? <laughs> we got porched. So, if, like, you know that, like, you know, you're supposed to have an appointment and you go, you know, to um, you go to your customer and they just leave you standing at the door. You get uh, porched. Yes. So. <laughs> I, I like that. I was like, porched? What the heck are you talking yeah, about? So that you makes explain sense. it to me. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, that okay, makes that's sense. That's what man. I intuitively under, understood when you said it as well, but uh, it, you clarified, you confirmed that, yes. <laughs> I, I, I I think we just got friend-zoned also. That's another way. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Aw. Uh, anyway. for more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other big topic, Jeff, have you played around with ChatGPT? A little bit. I've definitely seen a lot of um, uh, a lot of other people playing with it. Um, and, you know, I've also been screwing around with, um, uh, you know, something like the image generation and stuff like that. That's also out there that uses all the, you know, AI backend stuff like open AI and everything. Um, yeah. So uh, the chat GPT stuff that. It's like for. I don't know if you like just think back even just a short number of years ago, anything that was AI generated seemed very AI generated. And there's yeah. countless videos out there on YouTube of like, you know, uh, just the crap that comes up by these AI generation stories. And, you know, you uh, but the level that chat GPT works is ridiculous. It sounds like it's actually written by a human and it's well written. Yeah. Well, that's why it, it, it's interesting. I was uh, at the grocery store two days ago and I just happened to, I grabbed, you know, as we do, I've got all this Microsoft swag, a lot of sweatshirts, a lot of zip up hoodies. And yep. I just grab, grabbed one, a gray one, put it on, went to the store and somebody in line with his like 10 year old daughter. And he's like, he he's like, oh, says, I just, so I use the Microsoft AI tools and I'm like, what? And I looked down, I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a Microsoft AI <laughs> hoodie. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's great. And he's like, yeah, uh, oh, I know what it was. I was at Petco. So I had my dog in one arm, a giant bag of dog food in my other arm. Yeah. My dog is blind and I forgot the leash at home. So I carried them in with me. It's too cold mm -hmm. to leave them in the car anyway. And uh, in Petco, you're allowed to bring your pet in. So, yeah. 
any, the, the, for the haters that are out there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so he he and I said I said oh that's great. He says yeah. He says in fact. I'm doing building a bunch of power platform solutions. I'm building a virtual agent and I use chat GPT to help generate some of the code that I used. And I showed my daughter how to do that. And so she's learning to code. I'm like, well, that's fantastic. And I didn't want to like say anything like, well, I don't work for Microsoft. So, you know, cool story, bro. You know, because my, <laughs> like, as my sons say to me all the time, I try to get them excited about something and they do that to me. I don't know if you're, if your son's, son does that to you cool story bro sometimes yeah or <laughs> i just get the look like dad you're not cool shut up yeah that's the <laughs> that's the more polite way of saying it's like it's like yeah dad i know <laughs> but anyway so uh so but it was it was great to to have that interaction of course there's been other people that have written blog posts and shared some of their stories about how they're leveraging that to uh, for the syntax creation in help in using Power Automate, for example, to create workflows. Yeah, it, it was, you know, a, Shane Young did a video the other day about um, using Chat GPT to generate um, code and you know um, to basically write. I think it was might have been Power Automate flows or something like that. Uh, it's yeah, Shane, I've so got it's it right here. It was a week ago. Yeah, I, I'll put yeah. the link in in here, but yeah, so it's the uh, quit working so hard. Use chat GPT to instantly become better at power apps. Yeah. Yeah. He's had 34,000 views in the last 10 days. Um, so I will definitely, I'll share the link here in the, uh, in the recording. So you'll find that folks. Um, but yeah, no, so I, there's been a couple other blog posts as well about that. Um, which is, it's just, it, it, we're going to start seeing that. So let me ask you, Jeff, are IT pro and dev jobs going to go away because of chat GPT and because of open AI? No, they're just going to change just like everything else. Um, it, you know, it's just like uh, when everybody went serverless, you know, when everybody's going to the cloud with um, and not having data centers, people are still working. They're just doing a different job. You know, their job changes. And that underlying, um, uh, the underlying knowledge behind all of that is still needed. Uh, you still need to have people that can actually write code and go through and vet stuff. Um, you know, if you're going to be deploying something out, say for, you know, the um, uh, energy department, you know, you don't want to just have a bot write some code and then just deploy it. You want to check through that. You want to make sure that there's no issues with it, that somebody hasn't gone in and thrown in some other code. You know, you there's still I, I can't even think of all the um, the scenarios that would it would still be useful. Um, but like people, it it will help people streamline what they're doing instead of sitting there writing, you know, uh, for loops and stuff like that, they can have it generated quickly go over it and then move on to the next thing and be able to do stuff faster and more efficiently. It's, you know, and I've not played with it, um, in that, you know, I, I'm not gone in and, um, and use that for, you know, power platform to try and, you know, uh, again, generate a, a workflow or any aspects of that solution. Sorry, I was actually just looking for, um, a link here to to share but um what's interesting it just got me thinking was so the first 
where they rebranded TechEd and a couple other events and consolidated into what is now Microsoft Ignite, which is the IT Pro event, the annual event by Microsoft. Um, that first time, the first Ignite was in Chicago. Um, and I did a session entitled Strategically Evolve Your Role as an IT Pro. Mm -hmm. And there were uh, over a thousand people in my room. It was packed. And I've got, is there a picture? Yeah, I've got a, well, that's not the right, the same one, but um, I've got another, another room that I did, but this is this giant room that I did. And it was a research project that, and I went to grab the slides and I realized that for some reason, the link is broken for my slide share. It's still out there. Now I'm going to, I'll leave that open and go and fix it and I'll find the slide deck. But this was exactly that time that that period of time. So what year was that? That was this was 1947. 2015. 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah. Close. Yeah. So uh so May of 2015. Mm -hmm. And um so here I was sharing information that because the fear out there was that Microsoft's massive push to everybody and everything to the cloud was going to end careers. Like it, yep. and that's true if you were not also moving to the cloud and making changes to your role. But again, Jeff, did people lose their jobs because of the cloud? No. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there's more. Well, I mean, more. There's more job creation than right. jobs lost. If again, you lose your job if you don't change, if you stay in one place. But if you are keeping up with the modern technology, there's always more jobs created. Exactly. Yeah. Like you won't have. Yes, you can still. You know, there's still people out there that work on AS 400s, and they make you know probably thousands thousands of dollars an hour um, for having that skill set. I was joking but, about the COBOL guys. The COBOL right. guys. There's still COBOL. There are financial systems that were built on this stuff back in the 80s and 90s that they still need people that know COBOL, and those people make ridiculous amounts of money it's yeah, it's embarrassing it's, amounts <laughs> but you know having that knowledge is great but if you um you know you're not going to go out and find a cobalt programmer job um you know for a if you know to learn right right exactly um so you know everything changes the um your job description is always going to be changing um you know looking back just 10 years my job description changed a lot um over the past 10 years um but now i'm doing microsoft 365 and doing power app stuff and you know everything's cloud-based and when we do have something come up that somebody with like a sharepoint 2010 farm or something like that it's like oh all right um well i can still do that stuff but it's not the work that's out there and everything right. just changes yeah. you know? right well that's that's interesting about this as it is i as a marketing guy I, look, I've been in technology for 30 years, but you know, marketing degrees and uh, you know, focus a lot on the marketing and the the business side of the ISV world, for example, within the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, and somebody was asking me about like, well, writing ad copy, marketing con copy, and it's like, well, now you can just use Chat GPT and generate some of that. It's like, and that would be awesome because it sucks doing that. I mean, to, to, to think of like, as you're trying to refine the words, like I've gone in and used, uh, I played with Jasper AI more than chat GPT. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like I, the, uh, the, 
AI created images. So you don't have to pay royalties on that. You can create something that's completely unique. It's like, that's a really cool concept. Um, I did the trial on that and played around with that. But where I've used it was actually for using the AI to go out and do plagiarism checks on other people's content that's come in to make sure yep. that it's legitimately there. Mm-hmm. Um, to to also go in, it does all the grammar stuff. It automatically does the plagiarism check. Um, it also, I like, I'll go in and I'll take just like uh, uh, I'll take my notes, raw notes, out of my brain. It's kind of stream of consciousness blogging that I call it. Mm-hmm. where it's short sentences or or overly long sentences but just get the jo- ideas out there if it's a, it, it does it it's not a fluid it's not i'm not going to publish that that paragraph right. yeah. i could pump that in and say articulate this rewrite this and it's again it's not perfect and i, I, I take pieces of it but be like okay that rephrased that in a different way with ad copy a lot of times it's you know this is what i want to say let's put in um, buy more of my product. It does this really well, whatever. And then make this sound like a good, I need a 40 word, you know, ad copy and say, generate 40 word ad copy on this topic, stressing the, these value props. And then it gives you multiple versions of that. So like yep. when you're doing your AdWord buys, your, you know, any kind of marketing, uh, um, it's going to be fantastic. Right. Yeah, but, and it's 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 also it's a very good inspiration too. Like right. if you're not sure where to get started, or it'll give you a framework that you can work off of to actually build out whatever you know the end result is going to be. I, I look at this as that you're a carpenter, and can you know it's the difference between using hand tools, which will get you there, mm-hmm. versus power tools. Uh, actually, I have a even better example. Um, a guy that I do watch, um, uh, who's a woodworker. Um, he had, um, uh, he needed a uh, towel holder um, for his bathroom that he just remodeled, and so he used. Um, uh, I think it's. Oh, I forget the name of it. It's one of the um, uh, AI image generation tools out there, and he yeah. asked it, and he kept on feeding stuff into it till he got what he was looking for, and he got. Um, you know, and that's what he actually ended up building. Um, he had AI generate the project for him, and then he built that from there. Well, you know, that <laughs> I just in the scenarios that we have there, we're talking about leveraging the AI to go and speed up. But one component is that there's always the human component there. It's right. a it's an add-on. It it enhances and improves upon. As your your the speed and your ability to go and do more with less. Hey, Microsoft's right. a big slogan now. Yeah, um, it very much fits in into that. But I always make the comparison that it's more like AR than VR. So it's more like augmented reality than it is pure virtual reality. Like yeah. it's not just like robots aren't going to aren't going to be creating robots on their own accord. They're not going to just be out there with the intent on destroying humanity. Humans are building them, they're programming them to, to go and do these things. And AI, you know, and yes, it's getting more intelligent. And maybe I'll eat my words in in a year or 5 years or 10 years. Um, but it's not going to go and start, you know, you have to give it the inputs for it to learn from what you want. And then you have to then select and refine and tune that to get yep. the output that you want. Mm-hmm. But 
again, like the power tools versus hand tools, it's a heck of a lot faster than right. using the hand tools. Yep. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But at the end of the day, you know, like if you're going to do uh, this interesting dowel cut, you might need to pull out the hand tool to sand it down to get it to the exact shape that you need uh, right. to make things fit right. Um, and it's going to be it's the human part again that's needed. Right. Exactly. The power tool, it just gets you there faster and more efficiently, you know, but it's still the know-how and the skill that is going to be required. And the wood selection. I don't and know how that fits selection. into the scenario, but, you know. I mean, don't use two-by-fours from uh, your local home store. No. And <laughs> and how do you feel about teak? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like teak. It's a nice wood. Um, I have uh, a block of it sitting out in the garage right oh, now, uh, nice. you know, for some cutting board projects that I have coming up. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's nice. it smells nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, sorry, I just get into woodworking nerd stuff because I, I thought that when so I was I did wood shop in seventh and eighth grade and ninth grade. And in eighth grade, I was the T.A. And so I was invited to be the TA by our woodshop teacher was Mr. Forrest. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he knew his life's work, you know, that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he invited me to 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 be the TA for the for the class. And um, I, I just absolutely loved it. I built furniture. Sorry, I'm in seventh and eighth grade. I'm building like people are doing their little wood projects, fitting some doing some little where they're just demonstrating that they could do different cuts and different things. And I built a bed for my sister, who is a baby <laughs> sister. I built a large spindle, like a, a table. I built like actual large furniture pieces. And oh, I always, awesome. I always thought that I would eventually I'd have all the machinery and I'd have like half my garage would be the shop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday retirement. That's, that's my garage right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I very envious of that. So that's why I enjoy watching that stuff. I'll I'll send you my old chops. Uh, I just got a new one, so just got a fancy new one. I'll have room for it this summer. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we doesn't got cut stuff straight. In. Oh, <laughs> I'm less interested. <laughs> just pay shipping. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like a deal. Uh, yeah, we're. Yeah, with the move down, uh, for those that don't know, they're not following the show. Yeah, building a house down in the Dallas area right now. So moving from Salt Lake to Dallas, hopefully in June. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So it's I, I'm excited about chat, getting back on topic, um, about chat GPT. Um, Microsoft, of course, has made billions of dollars investment in OpenAI, and and mm -hmm. so through the partnership, and and so there's talk about integration with Bing, and and go truly going after Google uh, for search results. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And they're they're worried. They're sweating over mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, but but I always think that even bigger impact, like that, that's great. Um, but even bigger, because you know, as a DuckDuckGo user, nah, <laughs> uh, no, uh, is um, uh, is the the integration into the Office apps or now the Microsoft 365 apps. Yep. So think like I don't know if you ever use like PowerPoint, like the Visual Designer. Not really, no. So for uh, for people that hate making PowerPoints pretty. It's fantastic. 
you know, mm -hmm. you add in your content, your raw content, you add in, hey, I need these images, and it gives you suggestions of how to make your slides look nicer. Mm -hmm. And I love that. What if you had an eye chart full of text slide and the chat GPT was able to go in the integration and help you split it into three slides with a couple bullets each. It is able right. to understand what's the words that are on the page and organize it and condense it down so it's a more presentable deck. That would be brilliant. Is yeah. It it's also kind of it can become clippy 2.0. Yeah, even like uh, writing technical documentation, you know, um, you have you can throw in these specs and if it knows the format that everything needs to go in, um, it could help you generate that stuff because that's a lot of writing technical doc technical documentation can be quite boring. <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing, too, is that I believe it also automatically inserts the references mm -hmm. so you can. You go out and say, have it write this, make it a technical document, um, you pull from at least five resources, and it will then properly quote, cite it, and reference it within what it produces. That'd be awesome. That's pretty slick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's, uh, again, I say it's like more like AR, is that e even for the, the stuff that I've used with Jasper, and I, yeah, a few things with chat GPT, I mean, you still need to go and look at it. Sometimes it generates multiple versions of and like that one's junk. That was junk. Okay. That's interesting. And the, the first half of that looks good. And I've just, I've seen that it's just very repetitive. It, 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 it you, you really need to feed it more info. That's mm -hmm. why what I, I'm much more comfortable in using it and I have been using it with my subscription, again, the Jasper AI, um, just to take what I've already written and to review it and improve upon it. Yep. Yeah, and exactly. That for that is just brilliant. Yeah. And then uh, over time, it's just going to get better and better because everything that gets fed into it is going to be another data point that I can use. What we learn in Harry Potter, Jeff, is that, uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I think that was Harry Potter. Right. Something to do with the Horcrux or something or other. <laughs> and then it eventually kill us. And yeah. Yeah, end of story. You <laughs> um, just have to die because part of the uh, part of Voldemort lives within us or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> loosely translated from the from the Greek or the Norse or something. So. <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think we're got we're gonna get more news on that in the uh, coming months. Um, you know, as more and more comes out uh, about that. But uh, yeah, it should be exciting. Jeff, um, are, are we ever gonna see each other at a future event? Are you gonna get out and do anything this year? I hope so. Um, yeah, I might. You know, get out and stretch my legs at some point. Maybe. Are you doing Vegas? Are you coming out for the conference, the M three six five conference? Uh, not in the plans at the moment. Um, I gotta, you know, see what, uh, the old work will, uh, help fund there. Um, so. What about the Educon, uh, DC event? I think in June, I'm not sure when that one is. I think June. Uh, again, nothing on the books <laughs> yet. Uh, right. but I will, I will, I will start to peruse and see if there's something I can get out to. 
Folks, he's kind of grumbly here. It's, it's I think it may hit a nerve of something that he's uh, complaining <laughs> about getting out and seeing people. He he just wants to go to his wood shop and and uh, put a dowel in something. <laughs> I just want to put dowels in everything, you know. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Yeah, right. Like well, I'm looking at that project right over there, and that's got dowels in it. You know. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, really appreciate it. as always the time. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, fold uh, Sean back into this, um, pick up the pieces. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, really appreciate you joining me for this month's episode. I really appreciate being here and getting to hang out with you. You know, I wish we got to hang out with Sean um, again. I'm going to have to go to my counselor after this and, you know, have a yeah. Have a talk. Um, it's you know, about uh, you know, how it's, this it's, affects me. You know, it's the yeah, it's the abandonment issue that I also yeah. have. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we can all you know do a, a group therapy. Yeah, that's right. To really I, work through our differences. Yeah, you think he'll show up for that? Huh. Yeah, know. probably has to do something with work again. It's always work uh, with him. It's always work. Mm-hmm. Right. Have a time for us. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening.